The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in the countries of Brazil, Spain, and Guatemala, and in the states of Tennessee, Ohio, and Kansas. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul. As you learn to hear the still, small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, peace, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Bring in positive energy. The color pink is emotionally healing and will lift your spirits. When you feel fear, you can shift your energy. Ask God, Goddess, Universe to fill you with pink light. See pink light coming from the heavens through the top of your head and moving through your whole body. Enjoy the feeling of peace. When you are dealing with an ongoing stressful situation like caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's, you can do this several times a day. 
also wearing the color pink, having the color pink in the room, and even burning a pink candle also helps. Having pink flowers in the room is helpful. Cut flowers absorb negative energy. Roses have a very high vibration, so pink roses are especially helpful for clearing the room of negative thoughts and emotions. I always have roses in my home. Paying attention to your thoughts in stressful situations can be difficult, but it is transformative. I have learned to clear away negative thoughts about myself and others. When I'm not focused on what's wrong, I find myself focusing on what's good. I have more time and energy to actually enjoy my life instead of just surviving it. Having learned how to do this for myself, I enjoy helping others learn how to do it as well. That's why my next workshop is entitled Positive Thinking. Make 2017 your best year yet. My From Fear to Freedom workshop was well received a few weeks ago. People were shocked to learn we have 60,000 thoughts a day and that over 80% of those thoughts are negative. Even more disturbing is that we keep repeating the same negative thoughts over and over again from day to day, week to week, and year to year. This affects your self-esteem, self-confidence, relationships, health, and even financial abundance. In fact, it affects every area of your life. Everything begins and ends with your mind. What you give power to has power over you, but only if you allow it. Seeing your life from a positive perspective changes the way you think, which changes everything. As you let go of negativity, you become grateful and positive in word, thought, and deed, resulting in your ever-increasing happiness, peace of mind, joy, prosperity, and good health. In this experiential workshop, you will redirect your frustration and turn it into positive, effective, unstoppable determination. Find the silver lining in everything you've endured. Make conscious decisions to create the life you desire. Let go of destructive worry, stress, and anxiety. Choose peace, love, gratitude, health, prosperity, and happiness, and learn techniques to use on your own. We'll be at CSL Dallas, a Center for Spiritual Living, Saturday, January 14th, 2017. My By special request, I'm doing a second workshop in January. My one on financial abundance, what you don't know, was so well received that they asked me to do a full day on this topic. This one will add to the information in my hour and a half workshop and is called Financial Abundance, Set the Energy for 2017. Financial abundance is a gift of love from the divine. As a child of infinite love, it is your birthright. All you have to do is remove the hidden blocks to receiving, know you are deserving, and open the door. Since there are numerous layers of consciousness from the surface levels of the conscious mind to the deepest levels of the unconscious mind, the process of bringing in financial abundance does not always happen immediately. Your commitment, patience, faith, trust, and gratitude are the keys to 
nurturing your path to lasting financial abundance. In this experiential workshop, you will discover and remove your hidden blocks. Experience the feeling of deserving. Open your mind and heart to receiving. Learn how to recognize and be grateful for every step along the way and receive techniques to use on your own. We will be meeting on Saturday, January 28th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present either of these workshops or another one in your area. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing, with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our guest today. Dr. Gary Chapman, who will talk with us about keeping love alive through Alzheimer's. Last week's show with Mark Coleman on how to stop criticizing ourselves and make peace with our minds was fascinating and fun. Mark learned how to do this for himself, and now he helps others do it all around the world. He went from being an angry punk rocker to a peaceful man who meditates and lives in beautiful Northern California. Mark shared some techniques to help us become aware of the critical voice in our heads, Because if we don't know it's there, you cannot stop it. One of his favorite ways of quieting the inner critic is to picture an English judge wearing one of those white, long, curly wigs. He listens politely to the judge, thanks him for his opinion, and then ignores him. We had a good laugh about this technique. The truth is that sometimes that critical inner voice just wants to be heard, But we have a choice as to whether we pay attention to it. With self-compassion and self-love, you can even completely get rid of that hurtful, judgmental voice and enjoy peace of mind. To listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. Now it's time for my silver lining story, which was a result of the pre-recording I did for next week's show. My guest is Robert Mirapal, who's the youngest son of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg, the couple who were executed as spies in 1953. 
preparing for the show brought up feelings that I didn't realize were even there. I was taken off guard with visual and physical memories of listening to the radio with my mother. I saw myself at the age of seven frozen. I didn't know what to do with those feelings of terror. Suddenly last week, the shock, fear, and trauma came flooding in on me. It was a lot to process, which was compounded by the fact that Robert was a year younger than me at the time and was even at the University of Michigan with me years later. What must he have been experiencing, feeling, thinking? These were his parents. On top of that was the most shocking information of all. Ethel was actually innocent. An enormous body of evidence, including U.S. government files and grand jury testimony, demonstrates that Ethel Rosenberg was not a spy and that the government knew this at the time of her trial and execution. She was a victim of the U.S. government who used her solely to build a case against her husband. I know about the McCarthy era and all of the people who were falsely accused of crimes and who lost their jobs. It was a horrific time in the history of the United States. The immoral and illegal execution of Ethel Rosenberg brought all of the injustices to a new level. If this had such a deep impact on me, what must my mother have been going through? As a child, she had lived through pogroms in Poland, only to lose every family member who stayed in Poland during the Holocaust. And now in the land of freedom, she was watching helplessly as Jews were disproportionately blacklisted, losing their jobs, their reputations, often their families. And now Ethel and Julius Rosenberg were losing their lives. It was as if another piece of her was taken away as it was from me. And I believe all of us who were listening. So how could there be a silver lining to this horrific situation? As I allowed myself to feel my own trauma, process through it, and let it go, I felt a huge physical and emotional release. I had converted the trauma I had felt listening to the events all those years ago into pain. Discovering where the pain originated allowed me to let it go. I found myself talking about Ethel and Robert over and over again, crying about it, and encouraging people to sign the petition asking President Obama to exonerate Ethel Rosenberg, telling others and asking them to take action to bring some form of justice to this unconscionable killing of an innocent woman, mother, daughter, sister, aunt, somehow helped me to let go of the pain that had gotten stuck inside of me. I even contacted two newspapers encouraging them to run local stories, and I'm still asking people to sign the petition. Please click on the link on this radio show page to petition President Obama to exonerate this innocent woman before he leaves office. And please encourage your friends, relatives, and colleagues to do the same. Then replace the pain with love. 
And our guest today knows how to do that. Dr. Gary Chapman, author, speaker, pastor, and counselor, has a passion for people and for helping them build lasting relationships. He's an internationally recognized marriage counselor and the author of The Five Love Languages, which has been translated into 50 languages and has sold more than 11 million copies. Now Dr. Chapman has teamed up with health education specialist Deborah Barr and physician and mental health counselor Edward Shaw, MD, to um, write Keeping Love Alive as Memories Fade. The book offers an innovative new application of the five love languages as tools that can help us sustain an emotional relationship with a parent or partner with Alzheimer's. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all of our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the kindness in the world, fill your heart with the beauty of nature and animals, the delight of dance and music and the joy of being alive with all of the violence, hurtful words, anger and fear that's being spread. We must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. One listener wrote to me this week, blessings to you and thanks for all that you do for our world. So while listening to the commercials, Use the link on this page to like us on Facebook, then friend Paula Joyce, and I will help you be part of the solution. Then click on the link to read about and register for my next hands-on workshop. Positive thinking, May 2017, your best year yet, and financial abundance, set the energy for 2017, or to schedule one in your area, then go to the calendar of events to see your question for today. And also, please be sure to click on the link on this page to exonerate Ethel Rosenberg. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Gary Chapman, who will talk with us about keeping love alive through Alzheimer's. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. The best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one of a kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214 208 3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214 208 83533 or visit paulajoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and reimaging your mission. 
Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. listening to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit with dr paula joyce to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email to dr paula joyce at gmail.com that's dr paula joyce at gmail.com now back to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to help sponsor the show or become part of the conversation today, please call 1-866-472-5795 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down who you know who's taking care of someone with Alzheimer's. I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Gary Chapman, who's here to talk with us about keeping love alive through Alzheimer's. Welcome, Dr. Chapman. Well, thank you, Paula. It's good to be with you today. And it's wonderful to have you. You do such wonderful work in the world. And I was wondering if you could begin by talking with us about um, Dr. Ed Shaw's story, because um, he had this personal connection, and then he brought in your five um love languages to help with it. So um, please talk with us about his experience with Rebecca and the love languages. Yeah, Dr. Shaw, I live in North Carolina, and Dr. Shaw was the head of the uh, radiology oncology department at the Wake Forest uh, Medical Center here. Uh, His wife came down with early onset Alzheimer's at the age of 53. He became so interested in her and the disease that he resigned his position at the hospital, went back to graduate school, did a master's in counseling, came back to the hospital and set up the Memory Counseling Center, which focuses on patient and caregiver. Uh, And uh, Debbie Barr, who at the time was his assistant, had been my assistant 30 years ago, (laughs) and she noticed when she was typing up his notes that he was using the five love languages, and uh, she said to him eventually, you know, you and Dr. Chapman ought to get together and and write a book on this because this is extremely helpful. I had not met him before that, Uh, but when I did meet him, I was fascinated not only with his knowledge, but also with his commitment to his wife. And it was a long journey. It was a nine-year journey. In fact, she died one month before the book was released. The book is dedicated to her, of course, uh, because none of us would be writing this book if it hadn't been for her and her journey. 
so it was. Uh, I sat in on many of the focus groups that he had, and uh, and then Debbie, of course, was his assistant, and so she was involved with us in, in writing the book. It was a it was a good journey for all of us, I think. You know, my mother had gone through dementia in her latter years. She lived to be ninety nine, <laughs> and wow. uh, my wife's my wife's brother. Uh, who was a, who was a professor at the university? Uh, also went through the disease. In fact, he died just this year. So we had the personal experience, you know, in our family as well. And you know, 5.4 million people have the disease, and that involves at least 15 million uh, caregivers and uh, typically spouses and uh, adult children. Uh, and we, we understand that every 66 seconds, someone's being diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So it's a huge area of need. And, of course, we're focusing on how to, how to keep emotional love alive as you go through this journey. And it sounds like this was meant to be where all the pieces came together for the three of you to work together and to bring this wonderful information to so many people who are suffering and and so many more who will um, because it appears that unless there's a cure that gets developed quite soon, this just continues to grow. Well, I think that's true, and one of the major problems for the caregiver, or we use the word par- care partner uh, in the early stages, and the reason we use the word care partner is because one of the ladies, uh, her husband referred to her as, he said, I'm her caregiver, and she said, I don't need care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she, you know, so, he, so we use the word you know, care partner. Uh, and then, of course, later in the latter stages, of course, caregiver is certainly the word that should be used. Uh, but what uh, what Dr. Shaw does is he if he gets if the diagnosis comes early, uh, when the patient still has a lot of cognitive abilities, he works with both of them and helps them discover each other's primary love language, which is the basic concept in my book on the love languages, and 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 learn to speak that language, and often they get more emotionally connected than maybe there were before the diagnosis. Because, you know, some couples have been married for 30, 40 years, and they're just kind of existing. (laughs) But uh, they get connected emotionally at that juncture and go into the journey uh, feeling really emotionally connected to each other. So that's, that's where we start. And then, of course, as the disease progresses, the cognitive abilities begin to fade. But the emotional center of the brain continues to operate. And the five love languages give you, gives you a method, a tool, to touch the other person emotionally, even near the end of the journey. Uh, and you'll see a response. When you, when you speak the language that touches their emotions, you'll see a response from them, even if they are at the stage where they cannot talk. Uh, I know Dr. Shaw tells the story of his own wife, and he said, you know, she never was really, gifts were never really important to her. It was not her love language. But at this stage toward the end, when he would give her an ice cream cone, she would, even though she couldn't talk, she would say, mmm. <laughs> and he said, I could wow. go on that for two weeks, you know, that, that response. I knew I had touched her deeply with that ice cream cone. So that's what we're trying to do is to help those who are caring for the patient to be able to touch them emotionally 
and and have the sense of knowing that they're still have an emotional connection with that person, even though they may not recognize them as, you know, a spouse or a son or a daughter. Well, and and what you just said about that enjoyment that she was having and gratitude of of the ice cream cone would carry him for two weeks. The um, the that good feeling that he had and awareness that they were able to still relate to each other had such lasting effects because we know the devastating effects it has on the care partner and even worse on the caregiver when you get to that stage. So that's powerful. Well, it is powerful. And the other aspect of that is The patient can also have negative feelings, and that's why it's so important as a care partner and a caregiver to not do and say things that will cause or stimulate negative emotions inside that patient. You know, for example, one of the characteristics of of the Alzheimer patient is that they will repeat themselves, and this starts rather early in the journey. They may say the same thing, you know, 10 times in 15 minutes. Or they may ask you the same question, you know, in, uh, 10 times. Uh, and, so, and sometimes it's aggravating to the person. And so the, the, the caregiver will say, now, I've answered that already. Now, don't ask me that question again. And that tone of voice communicates and stirs negative emotions inside of them. And we don't realize this because we think, you know, particularly as they go through the middle and latter stages, we think, well, they don't, they can't perceive anything. But they, they do perceive emotions. They do feel emotions, negative or positive. So we have to be careful that we, we speak in positive, loving tones to them, whatever we're saying, even if they don't understand the words, they, they do feel the tone of our, of our speech. Well, and and the statistics show that 50% of Alzheimer's patients experience abuse from the people who are taking care of them. And my guess is, is that if you figure in tone and, and cruel words, it's even higher because people don't understand that as abuse, but it's certainly felt as abuse by um, anyone who's being spoken to that way but I would imagine especially someone who's lost most of their ability to um, be self-empowered and to function in in the world how do they they can't handle that they can't process it other than um, in negative ways yeah you're exactly right and it, it stimulates withdrawal on their part and it may also stimulate aggression on their part. You know, there's something inside of them that fights back with what they're feeling in, in a negative sense. And though they don't remember even what you, what you said, they don't remember, but the emotion lingers. They continue to feel the negative emotion. And the same thing is true on the positive side. When you speak a language that touches them, a love language that touches them emotionally, and they have positive emotions inside, they may not remember what stimulated that emotion but they still feel it. The feeling lingers even after the cognitive part of you know, remembering what, what stimulated that is gone. Uh, and that's why what this does, it gives hope to the caregiver in that they realize they're, ha- they're playing a major role in this person's life. There's still something there to be touched emotionally. And when you do that, it's a positive experience for them 
And it's also a positive experience for you because you have the satisfaction of knowing that even with the limited abilities they have on the cognitive level, you can still touch them and you're choosing to do that. And and I think that somehow must build your strength in dealing with the difficulties and in, in watching somebody who you love gradually use lose their uh, their grasp on reality and their ability to be who you fell in love with or who you had known before that person is gone well you're exactly right it's very very difficult and unless you've been there you, you know with a family member it's hard to comprehend this but you know the kind of things that tend to unravel the relationship or challenge the relationship or I mentioned the concept of repeating themselves over and over. But there's also mistaken identity. Some juncture along the line, they're not going to know who you are, you know, and they're going to say to you, now, who are you? And you've been married for 30 years or 40 years, you know, but now they don't recognize you. And another factor is the delusions that they will say, there was a stranger in the house today. I don't know who it was, but there was a stranger here or some personality that they saw on television, and they'll say, they came to see me today. We, we talked today. Uh, you know, it's just totally delusional. And then there's paranoid delusion, which can be very, very difficult. Uh, when, for example, they say, uh, you know, you're having an affair. You're seeing somebody else. <sighs> wow, that's powerful. I mean, that's painful to, for, the, for the partner, the spouse. Or they, they, went, they will uh, perceive that somebody's stealing their money. I remember my mother would say to me on numerous occasions, somebody's been stealing my money, and I hid it. The problem was she didn't know where to find it. (laughs) Right. So instead of giving her very much money, I'd just give her $10. You know, if she hid it and couldn't find it, okay, you know. But but that that whole paranoid delusions. And then... uh, uh, obsessive behavior is another characteristic. For example, they might water the flowers five times in one day. And if it's inside the house, the water's flowing on the floor eventually. Uh, and then disinhibition, where the person does things they would never have done when they were healthy. Maybe, maybe swearing, for example. They would never have used swear words. But, but now these horrible words are coming out of their mouth. Or you're walking with them through a store, and they start picking up stuff and putting it in their pockets. You know, they're shoplifting, but but and something that they would never have done before. Or rudeness in their in their talk to to you or to other people. So you can see how these characteristics and all these things are common characteristics as they progress through the disease. You can see how this is very difficult for particularly for the spouse who, who's trying to care for them, uh, because this person that you knew, they're not there. They're doing all these things that, that, are, that are troublesome. So uh, that's why in the book we use the Hebrew word hesed instead of the English word love, because as you know, that, word, that Hebrew word is far more powerful than, than our English word love. It speaks not only of love in the sense of caring for the individual and their well-being, but it speaks of loyalty. It speaks of commitment. And that's what I saw when I sat in on the focus groups. Uh, and the, and the, these focus groups that I was sitting in on were uh, spouses of the patient. 
and to see the dedication that they had, the commitment that they had, the loyalty that they had, particularly as the disease advances and the spouse is no longer able to return anything. For example, language often is gone. They, they can't talk. And so they can't, they can't express love to you. But, so it's one-sided. But the loyalty you know, to them, the commitment you made to them, keeps you reaching out. And we're hoping that this book uh, is, is going to provide a tool, the five love languages, as ways that you can communicate love to them. Uh, it's, and, and toward the end, you're kind of fishing for the language because the brain is changing in different ways. It's not the idea that they have the same love language all the way through the journey, but the five languages do give you uh, a tool so that you can try this or try that or try the other. And as I said earlier, when you hit them emotionally, you will see a response, and you will know that they that you communicated love to them. And you somehow have to keep that memory uh, constant because you talk about not having um, long periods of connection, but um, moments of uh, uh, of love connection. That it's it's not a, a long lasting, but it's kind of a, a short lived. And then to somehow keep that alive within yourself as the caregiver, so that you can keep going through the well, challenges. That, that, yeah, yeah, that that is true. You know, one of the love languages is quality time. But when we're talking about the Alzheimer's disease, we call it, as you just said, quality moments because they live in the moment. But that language would be such things as uh, reading to them or in the earlier stages, you can let them read to you or reminiscing about old times and particularly like with a photo album, walking through a photo album with them. And, and and you will see, they will recognize some people. I mean, they will have a response, at least at certain stages, this, this one will communicate to them. Or watching a movie together, even if you're watching the same movie that you've watched ten times, because it's new to them, and uh, it's a way of giving a quality moment to them. Or taking a ride in the car. I used to do that with my mother. She lived an hour away, and I would go down every week. I had sitters with her around the clock. But I'd go down every week, and we'd always take a ride, as long as she was able, in the car. And uh, I would take her out to the cemetery where my dad was buried, and we would walk and talk, you know. And then we'd drive out of the cemetery, and a block away, she would say, Now, the next time you come down here, I want to go out to Sam's grave. (laughs) (laughs) We'd just been there, you know. (laughs) So it's a moment. But at the moment when we were there, you know, she, she, I was connecting with her, and she was connecting with her memory of dad. Our coloring, uh, coloring together, is another way of spending quality time. And it may, maybe you only color five minutes. On the other hand, maybe you color thirty minutes. But it's spending time with them, or putting a puzzle together with them. But they have your undivided attention. You're doing something together, and it's those little moments that bring pleasure to them that bring you know, positive emotions to them and deep satisfaction to you as the care partner. 
this is fascinating because I think it, it has to go both ways that we have to be um, cognizant of the care partner and caregiver as well. We're going to go to break in just a minute and then come back and talk more about the five love languages and how they can help to keep love alive and sustain the caregiver as well as the Alzheimer's patient. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You will receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out, creating lasting change and self-empowerment. Now on your paper, write down what you will do to support the people who you know who are care partners and caregivers. We'll be right back with Dr. Gary Chapman, who will talk with us more about keeping love alive through Alzheimer's. Stay tuned. Change the seventh wave channel on the Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one of a kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too, while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I hope you wrote down what you'll do to support the people who you know who are caregivers and care partners. And I'm so glad we're here talking with Dr. Gary Chapman about keeping love alive through Alzheimer's. Uh, Dr. Chapman, will you talk with us a little bit more about the five languages of love? Yes, we mentioned uh, quality time, of course, uh, quality moments, we're calling them. Uh, There's also words of affirmation, using words to affirm the other person. The words, I love you, are always appropriate, even if they're at the latter stages and you may feel like it's not connecting at all. Still, the words, I love you, are words that are that can that have the potential of touching the other person emotionally. Uh, another thing is when they're asking you repeated the same question in, uh, in several times is rather not to get irritated by that, but to redirect that, uh, to say to them, uh, to, to answer the question as though you'd not heard it before, and then say, now let's go out on the porch and let's get a cup of coffee or let's go watch a TV program. So you redirect them away from that obsession by asking the same question. And then uh, you talk to them and not about them, especially when you're with other people. You don't treat them as though they don't exist and just talk about them, but you talk to them. Even while you're carrying on the conversation with the other person, you turn and say to them, you enjoyed that, didn't you? Or or, or you're reaching over at the same time and touching them while you're talking. and then tell them, uh, tell them how handsome they look, how beautiful they are. Uh, tell them that, uh, uh, you're gonna, that everything's taken care of. You don't have to worry about anything. I've taken care of everything. Uh, tell them how proud you are of the, way they, the things they accomplished in their life. And this is especially, all of these are especially helpful in the early stages of the journey when they still have the ability to talk. Uh, brag about them, especially in front of other people. So it's using words of affirmation. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. The gift says in a healthy relationship, ah, they were thinking about me. So uh, obviously the gifts will be different when you're going through the Alzheimer's journey uh, because the common things that we give are no longer meaningful to them. But I mentioned earlier the gift of an ice cream cone (laughs) or chocolate. Uh, or something else that you know they like to eat, uh, or giving them a package and letting them unwrap the package. They, there's, there's joy just in unwrapping the package, whatever it is. Uh, here, here's another really meaningful gift. Give them an iPod loaded with music that uh, they would have been listening to in their 30s or 20s, if you know, in, in their early years. Because often they identify with music. Music goes straight to the emotional part of the brain. And uh, that's a wonderful gift to give someone. Or give them a coloring book. We mentioned that a coloring book uh, has quality time. But you're giving, giving them the gift. But always wrap, if it's a gift like a coloring book, always wrap it up so they get the joy of unwrapping it. And, you know, I, I should also say this, too, especially in the earlier and sometimes the middle stages. That person still receives joy in expressing love, but they're not able to do it without help. For example, uh, let's say that you know that a grandson or granddaughter has had a birthday, and they're no longer capable of going to the store and picking out a gift and wrapping it and giving it to them. 
But you say to the patient, you know, I know you'd like to give a gift to them. So I went to the store, and this is what I found, and I, I, wanna, I want you to help me wrap it up, and we're going to give it to them. So you let them help you as much as they can, wrap it up, and then you let them give it when the grandson or granddaughter comes over. And you will see a smile on their face. You see, they still receive some satisfaction from giving to other people, but you help them do that because they could not do it themselves. Now, in the latter stages, obviously that would not be as effective, but it can be very effective in the early and middle stages. Um, So we've mentioned quality time. We've mentioned words of affirmation. We've mentioned uh, receiving gifts. uh, And then there's physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. So with a patient, this will be such things as holding hands, giving a hug, sitting close to them on the couch when you're watching TV, uh, giving them a back rub, uh, letting them hold the baby. If there's a grandbaby around, let them hold the baby. Now, obviously, you have to be careful if they're at the place where you know they're having some problems with physical control, but or let them hold the puppy, or let them hold the doll, so you're letting them touch something. Uh, or polish their nails. You know, if it's a lady, I wouldn't polish the guy's nails, but <laughs> polish, <laughs> polish the lady's nails. Uh, so those are the kind of things. And it doesn't mean that, oh, well, one other, the other, the other one is uh, acts of kindness. And uh, in a healthy relationship, we call it acts of service. But the common acts of service, uh, such as, you know, cooking meals and helping them with, get their clothes on, that sort of thing, probably won't necessarily be received as love. But, but acts of kindness, looking into their eyes when you're saying anything to them, because emotions and trust are communicated through the eyes. Uh, include them in conversations. Uh, well, if they're able to talk, be sure to give them the chance to talk. Uh, let them help you make decisions, again, if they're still able to talk, uh, even though maybe they're not thinking rationally, but bring them into the, to, to the conversation. Let them help you in the kitchen or around the house with whatever capabilities they have. Maybe they're vacuuming the same spot, but they're vacuuming and and, and affirm them for the service that they're doing. Uh, And then, you know, obviously helping them comb their hair and those kind of things uh, are acts of kindness to them. And and so in a healthy relationship, each of us has a primary primary love language. And if you don't speak the primary love language, the person won't feel loved, even though you're speaking some of the other languages. So... But in the, in the Alzheimer's journey, uh, what might be a primary love language in the beginning uh, may not be the primary love language halfway through the journey. So you have to use these five at different points. What you're, what you're doing is kind of fishing for something that really touches them emotionally. And paying attention, I would imagine, to their responses and seeing which ones are, seem to be most well-received. Yes, that's, that, exactly. That's what led, gives you some insight as to what really is being meaningful to them and really touching them emotionally. I would imagine as a, 
um, caregiver. And I've only had one experience, and that was my um, son's godmother, who um, eventually had dementia in her late 90s. And I had such deep sadness whenever I went to visit her um, because this brilliant woman was gone. Um, And uh, so I I just, the caregiver must have so many emotions from sadness to um, to overload in in terms of just physically, as the uh, disease progresses, the patient doesn't sleep. I mean, you're exhausted on every level. And I, I believe the statistics are that caregivers get dementia six times. They're six times more likely than their peers to develop dementia if they're caring for someone. And that's got to relate to the emotional and physical overload that they're on. So how do they help themselves and how do we help them? What are some tips Well, I think there are several things, uh, because you're exactly right. Uh, Depression, for example, is one of the common uh, emotional states that caregivers often get into. So what we say in the book is this. There are several things you can do that will minimize uh, your getting into that state. One is to get exercise. And I, I know all of these can be difficult. They have to be navigated. And you, and you need people to help you. This is a team sport. No one person should be totally responsible for the other 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to utilize adult children. You have to utilize friends who are there who want to want to help and give you a break so that you can, let's say, go to the gym and do a little workout. Exercise is extremely important. And then what you eat is important. And again, many times what happens is the person, the care, the care partner, because the other person is not necessarily eating as, as much as they would you know, wish they they just they they have poor diet. So uh, eating healthy, keeping socially connected with other people, so that it's not you're just not totally alone. I mentioned that earlier. You need the social connection of people, uh, and staying mentally active yourself. You know whether that's uh, whether that's doing a puzzle or whether that's uh, reading a book or, but you're stimulating your own mind uh, and and the heart, especially taking care of the heart. Uh, because the heart is pumping the blood, the blood to the brain, and, and that's that's we we need a healthy heart. Uh, sleep, you mentioned, it can sometimes be difficult, but it's absolutely necessary. And even if you have to bring somebody in and let them sit with uh, with your with the patient, while you in the middle of the day just take four hours and go sleep because you got no sleep the night before. All those things are important, and and having a counselor or a friend or a coach or somebody with whom you can share some of the things you're feeling and some of the things you've experienced and some of the things the patient is doing and saying. Just, just We're and, social creatures, and we need somebody that we can talk to. Thank you, and thank you for sharing so much wisdom and specific knowledge with us. I'm very grateful, and also your sense of humor. I know that helps as well. So. <laughs> well. Thank you, Paula. It's great to be with you. 
Thank you. And I encourage you all to visit Dr. Gary Chapman online at fivelovelanguages.com and to purchase his book. You can do so by going to my resources page. And I want to thank all of you for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. And also go to um, click on the link to learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as overcoming abuse through self-empowerment, 21 steps for healing the body, energy healing. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. The archangels, angels, and guides work through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their finances, health, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. Then register for my workshops or contact me about doing one in your community. Also, you can um, click on the meetup link to join my meetup group. Please join us next Thursday when Robert Mirapol will tell us about his campaign to exonerate his mother. And then on January 5th, Psychic Dwan Washington will share his annual predictions. And on January 12th, Amelia Kincaid, one of the world's most renowned animal communicators, will join us. This is Dr. Pauly, your CM or chosen mom is designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.